Y'all already know who it is. We're you two hosts. I'm John, a.k.a. John Puffy Coons. And I'm Sean, a.k.a. Parmesan Cheese. And you're listening to Portnoy's Shout out to all the listeners this episode. I agree. All of them. But we're going to do it a little different. We usually start out with the movies. But this one is going to still have the two movies we'll go over. Project Power uh, and Looper. But we, we felt like we needed... And we had to start this off with NBA talk. Luca. And it's yeah, specifically Luca. A forty point triple double. I got his points if you want to game winner. Forty three points, seventeen rebounds, thirteen assists. Yes. Hits a buzzer beater. Mm. Youngest in playoff history. Really? Yeah. Twenty I think he's twenty one, right? God, he's so good. Do you he think that um, Kawhi will start guarding him now? Hmm. Or more so. I think he did a few Pro- plays. But. Yeah, probably. I mean, at that point, Reggie Jackson, I think, was on him. But even if even if Kawhi plays uh, or defends Luka, they'll, they'll do switches. They'll get him in a pick and roll with KP. Or okay. yeah, the so plus minus um Luca was eleven. Plus eleven. Plus eleven. He wasn't the best though. Who was? Trey Burt. Oh really? Plus seventeen. He gave him a uh, a solid thirty seven minutes, twenty five points, and he was seventy one percent from the field. And then also the next in line is Boban. He was a plus 11. Hmm. 15 minutes and had 10 points. It's not bad. No, but all fueled by Luka. No Porzingis. No PAP. This is kind of one of the best playoff games ever by yeah. a young a young player. Unfortunately, we missed it because we were entertaining. Uh, Our uh, lovely wives cooked the, they cooked a delicious meal, and we were uh, just hanging out with them so we caught the highlights of this and yeah, just decided we needed to to talk about it this, to start that off so the Mavs look good that's a tied up series 2-2 yeah I still think the Clippers win you do. Probably, I think they take the next two I was going to ask you that are you still feel confident in the Clippers yeah I could be wrong I wouldn't be surprised but um, yeah. I think the Clippers would still win so why is KP why was KP out again do we? I don't remember. Uh, you don't no man, big deal. I, okay. Yeah, I don't have it on. Yeah. Me. I, all right. Even with him coming back, would you still? You still think Clippers? Yeah. Okay. All right. Will this be their toughest challenge up until the Western Conference Finals? Defensively, probably. I agree. The Dallas Mavericks. Their offense was the. Statistically, the most efficient in the history of the league this year. Really? Yeah. So, 
That's impressive. I guess statistically you can't say anyone would be better offensively for the Clippers to go against. I'm just um, – I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised by how they're, how they're doing. I was surprised they won without KP. Oh, like – well, and, and Doncic was like a game-time decision. So he has the bum ankle. ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left – so he. I know the last game that he had played, he hurt it, came back out, and then ended up just leaving. I think, he, I think he re-injured it. And then, oh, man. I don't know if he wanted to test it or not, but okay. Dallas was like, come on, this game's over. So we got that series is tied up 2-2. Um, one that I think – we both did not see coming was the Utah Jazz beating the the Nuggets. Know, they looked so unimpressive and then all in those sudden, games leading up, and we kind of liked a lot of the things that we saw from Denver. But then yeah. now the series is kind of the opposite. It is, and Donovan and Donovan Mitchell has been incredible. He's so quick. Um, diagonally, not necessarily side to side, or even like front and back diagonally and i would say it's very similar to Dwayne wade's moves okay because i used to call him the flash and they called uh donovan the spider that's right why does he have that nickname i don't know okay i need to look (laughs) that up but just reminds me some of his like diagonal just a beast i was watching a a lot of that game Mm -hmm. last night i caught most of the i think i came in right at like midpoint of the second quarter okay and uh, I think I texted you at halftime. He had 22 points, Donovan Mitchell. Mm. I said over under 45. And I said you took the under. under. Yep. I took the over. Mm-hmm. We bet ice cream on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was watching. His eyes were wide open every time the ball like play stopped. I'm like, this guy's about to go off. So uh, he ended up with 51. 51. Okay. Yeah, you you def- I owe you ice cream. When are we gonna go get that? You gonna go after this? No. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I assumed. Uh, but no, Donovan Mitchell. Every stoppage, they would show like uh, the camera would go on his face, and his eyes would be wide open. I'm like, oh god, you don't want to see a player like that because yeah, when they're just they're ready to go, they're like they're mm-hmm. feasting right now. Mm-hmm. And he just kept going in the second in the second half. Especially the fourth quarter. Yeah, he crushed it. He was a plus five um, in the game. Seven assists. Strong. The one guy I wanted to bring up who would frustrate me the most playing against, not with, is Joe Ingles. He would frustrate you the most playing against? Playing against. If I were on his team, I'd love to have him. Because he just, he does not look like he can, can ball. Like, he just. Sure. He doesn't look like it. He's not very athletic. He's not. He doesn't move fast, but quick. he just moves enough to what he needs exactly. to do. He knows how to get to his spot and his shot. He's a poor man, Mono Ginobili. I gotta say, I was playing. Uh, that's he, a really good comparison. He, actually, he, by the way, he was a plus eight. He's the, he was the best uh, on the the team for that game last night on the Jazz. Yeah, him and uh, George uh, Nang. I don't know who that is, but. Um, Plus eight. I was uh I was playing two K the other day, mm-hmm. and I was playing against the Lakers. And in the simulation, they had Ingles, and I was like, "Oh my god, he would be perfect on the Lakers." Really? Such, it would be. It would be so perfect to play with LeBron. Hey, be better than way Danny Green's doing right now. Is he not playing to, well? Yeah, he's missing. 
fucking everything. Excuse my language, but it's super frustrating. But same, let's let's talk about that same game, um, because let's not forget that Jamal Murray ended up with fifty. Fifty. So when I was watching, they both had uh, passed forty-five. Yep. Ice cream zone. And <laughs> is that what we're going to call this now? Yeah. The ice cream zone. All right, good. And, uh, okay. And the broadcast said it's the first time ever that two opposing players have each scored forty-five plus points. So then they both hit the fifty mark. Jamal Murray hit his fifty on a buzzer-beating three to lose by one, but it was still a really tough shot. Man, he his stats are crazy. Forty-three minutes, fifty points. Um, let's see, eleven rebounds, seven assists, and he had sixty percent from three. He he shot fifteen, made nine. Yeah, he was. He was impressive. Everything. That's impressive. So he was a he was a plus five, same as uh, as Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Who's been underwhelming for the the uh, Denver Nuggets has been Michael Porter. I, I think he uh, he's a little star starstruck by the moment. Yeah, he was I mean, understand the bubble. Like, because remember, everybody's talking about his breakout. He was in the conversation with Devin Booker, TJ Warren, Michael Porter Jr., yep. uh, Brown. What's his name? Trent Brown from uh, oh. Portland, who's kind of made yeah. a breakout. You know, just underwhelming has been definitely, uh, I think, Michael Porter Jr. And then I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of Bull Bull. He didn't get any burn. Yeah, he's not getting many minutes mm-hmm. right now. But I'm, I mean, uh, he might not just not be that good, uh, good enough to play on the court at that moment. I mean, and Jokic was a negative one while on the court, but he still put out twenty nine points, and he gave you only seven rebounds, Ugh. six right. assists though. Should be getting more than that. Should be a double double. He should be a guaranteed double double. Yeah, with a close triple double as many times as he is as good of a passer as he is. I think the series is over. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. we were wrong on this for sure, but we uh, no one can guard Mitchell. This is the second game mm-hmm. that he's gone mm-hmm. over fifty I'm in this you. series. It's only been four games. I'm with you on that. For sure. He just kind of runs free. That's why his eyes are wide open all the time. He's feasting on these guys. He's, he's loving it. He's enjoying every minute of it. And then the other games that night were Boston. They're they're done. The Sixers are they're swept. Should we talk about the Sixers real quick? Just give them a last little burn. They fired their coach today. Yeah, they, it's like so. They're it's just five six years of the process, and you think it's finally going to happen in the last couple of years. Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Al Horford was an issue because they ran into Boston. Let's sound. Let's sign Al Horford. So they signed Horford. Now you got Embiid. They're they're not good. No, Al Horford's fallen off. Tobias Harris has fallen off. Tobias Harris can't create. Embiid is either. never going to be in shape, it looks like. He just doesn't care. Ben Simmons doesn't play well with Embiid. Do you trade one of them this offseason? I think you got to. I think everybody's tired of the process. If you're the GM, yeah, who would you trade? It Would you trade, and, and if so, who would? Who would you trade? Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nah. I'd keep. I'm keeping. I know it's hard, right? I, I'm getting rid of Ben because you can't. You seem, I guess you can't convince this kid to take a three point shot, and you can't survive. I, for so long. But in I NBA think win. Simmons can be. I don't know. I feel like he can make something happen with the right roster. Okay. 
So if you build around him, yeah, you could make something like like kind of like like the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler doesn't really shoot threes. Yeah, um, he doesn't. Embiid could be amazing, mm-hmm. but is he ever going to get in put it together? Yeah. I don't know. If you trade him, that's probably when he'll get the motivation to then get better. <laughs> so it's like, shit, well, what do we do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sean's over here throwing his phone on the I desk. So mad. I agree with you on that. It's just very underwhelming. Boston Celtics look like what I thought they would. They look good. Even without Gordon Hayward, they're they're fine. Yeah. And no issues with them at all. Kimba played really well. And then the other game was uh, Toronto Raptors, Brooklyn. That's like, that's... Okay, one note on that game. Okay. Toronto killed them. Yeah, it was 150 to 122. They had how they had 100 bench points. Yes, that was the stat. <laughs> that is yes, insane. 100 bench points. That is so crazy. What in the world? That's awesome. 100. That your bench is getting that type of confidence and burn. That has to be the record. It, it has is. to be. I, I can't. It has to blow it out of the water, I would imagine. I'm excited to see them following God, up. They're good. They make my pick look good for now. Well, so far, so good. Yeah, with that. Although uh, Lowry pulled up lame last night, so I don't know how his mm. ankle's going to do, but I don't think it matters when you get 100 bench points. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you got uh, enough support behind you to maybe take a night off and get some rest. That's me. Well, Van Fleet is... Yeah, pretty well. He's been balling. True, very true with that. And then the game. So, so sorry. The games today. Yeah, uh, yeah. Real quick, just run down Milwaukee. They're up three one now. Uh, they beat Orlando. Taking care of business. Yeah, they're doing what they supposed they were supposed to do. But I'd be damned. Um, that big dude for for the Magic, Vuj, uh, Vujacek. Oh, Vucevic. Uh, Vucevic. Yeah, man, is he? He is good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, he's like a true big man who can play down low with wonderful big man moves and, and footwork, but he can still pull up from three. So they use him sometimes in the screen and roll. And his defender, uh, I think it, right now it's been one of the Lopez brothers, will always go under the screen mm-hmm. instead of going over top. And Vooch has just been eating it, eating it alive. Which has been great because the Lopez brother basically moved from being a down low center with the Nets all the way to now. Oh, he he's just shooting threes at this point. But uh, with with Vooch, he could do he could do both, and he is a he's a, a like a hellion to deal with in the paint. Yeah, I'm really excited to to continue watching him. So, do you think Orlando should trade? Uh, is it Aaron Gordon? Yeah, I don't know his game well enough. He's just always athletic and dunks on people, so I can't say right. much about. But I'm like, what, is that all he does? Like, I don't know. Should yeah. they maybe build around Vucevic? And because at that point, I start thinking, yeah, I start thinking Kenyon Martin. He, you turn right. into, that's, <laughs> right. you're turning into right. a Kenyon Martin at that point, um, in your career. And I don't know if that craft or that skill set necessarily plays in well with with Orlando, especially if you want to build around. You know, Vooj. That's true. Yeah, but he he might be untradeable yeah. now because of his contract. And shout out to Gary Clark, Clayton's finest, getting some burn. Yeah, trying to guard Giannis. He shot all three pointers the other day. Yep, he was shooting them again today. I'm glad. I'm glad he's like he's not doing exaggeration. That. He did not attempt one inside the three point line. Hey, this way the NBA is going, dude. 
I mean, good Got to be able to shoot. Yeah, they love creating that wall, though. That's all I've been hearing this whole time about uh, the, this Buck series is how you're going to create that wall for Giannis. Okay. Yeah. You know what you do? You put a little down screen on that one of the pieces in that wall, and it breaks down. <laughs> yeah. is at the rim dunking on you. <laughs> it's insane. They're, they're making easy work of that, but I've enjoyed Orlando and watching them more than when – we were getting into the playoffs. I was like, man, I don't think I'm really going to want to watch Orlando at all. I actually look forward to seeing them. Yeah. Uh, and they have, um, who's that point guard they have? Markel. Yeah. How has he yeah. been playing? So I haven't caught Orlando at all. He seems so unsure of what to do, but you can Damn. tell he is. He has the skill. He's good. You can tell he's good. And his body, the way he's built, he's 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 perfect for the point guard. It just looks like he has too many things in his brain happening. He does not know what decision to make. Yeah. He cannot I don't think he can make a, a one track decision and, and and go down that road. That's for him tough, it's just man. every yeah. For him it's just everything. But he hit a three in today's game when I was watching it. And form looked good. Yeah. He just still looked like he had a little bit of like. Well, a, I think it's his hitch. free throws, right? Is it or is it every shot now? Well, they said his shot, his shoulder would bother him with every shot. They said, yeah, it was talk of the yips. I feel like they have now transitioned that story from the yips to him having a shoulder issue, and that's why his shot was off for I so long. I think that's what they were trying to say for a long time. <laughs> I would probably say he had the yips and he had a shoulder issue. Yeah, like he just it like has, one caused the other. Yeah, yeah, like that's just for that's what sure. I think. I've had injuries where it's like, I better stop doing this. I might not run the yeah. same way. Yeah, it happens all the time. I feel like Blake when Blake Griffin got his first or second knee injury, you know, you start thinking, damn, do I want to? Do I really want to go poster this guy and potentially <laughs> right. like do something else? Nah, I'll probably just do a layup. I mean, it happens at some point where you just. It's going to take the to, jump shot. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to happen to Russ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the jump yeah, shot. Yeah, that'll be interesting. What is he going to do? About? Yeah, what is Westbrook going to do when his legs are down? I don't know. Are they ever going to run out? I don't know. I, hey, they're having, they haven't had to play him yet, and that was the next well, game. Well, what did, did D-Wade do? What do you mean? Well, D-Wade was kind of like not as fast of a version as Westbrook but he did I get you. you remember his mantra you know fall down five get up six yeah yeah yep i yep. hated that um <laughs> <laughs> he kind of just faded in his late career but he could still have games in him i feel like Westbrook would kind of go that route but wasn't Dwayne Wetter i feel like Dwayne was a better sh- uh better shooter well i'm just saying the fact that their oh, games gotcha. were they weren't afraid to go inside okay and get banged around okay yeah okay yeah, I can see that. So Russ in that could probably case, still yeah. continue West, to go towards Yeah, him. Westbrook can't shoot, though. Man, I don't know if he'll ever have, you know, Dwayne Wade would do the, uh, through the, like, back through the legs, rip through, yeah, crossover, and then hit you with that nice little pop shot. Like, I don't know if Russ could ever develop that. Well, Maybe honestly, can, but... Wade never really had a three point shot either, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. So he didn't. Yeah, maybe they would uh, fade. But you you were talking about the Rockets. He still yeah. hasn't played. They they uh, their series is tied now. They did, yeah. Today, uh, Oklahoma just tied it up with uh, the Rockets. I was gonna say, I mean, if Rockets went up today three one. 
I would probably just let Russ sit out. Continue. Just I think that's probably what they were going to do. I think they felt like, yeah. Speaking for the Rockets, I think they felt like they should have won Game Three. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, well, let's let's let you rest one more. Yeah. And now I think they're like, okay, well, we might a little sooner return timeline, but who knows? Well, at least we got to see him in that cool Kobe jersey. He look his 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 attire is always. Uh, fresh i'm not saying that i would wear some of it i think he wears it well and it's very trending and cool looking i would agree with his that. outfit today though i would have completely like <laughs> hands down rocked i mean that's just early era kobe yeah. jersey it's pretty cool shout out 824 R. Yes, sir. well and then oklahoma was surprisingly good chris paul i think just making him run Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't really have much to say about, you know, the Thunder and, and the Houston. It's just, it's what it is. I thought it would be. Yeah. We, we both picked it to go seven, but uh, I think I picked Houston and you picked mm-hmm. the Thunder. Mm-hmm. That was our only one we differed on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I had the Jazz uh, to be swept by the Nuggets, so I know I'm going to miss on that one. <laughs> Big time. And then I think even in a, a fun league, I picked the Pacers. No, I've I've picked the Heat to go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So they play the Bucks, right? Yep. If they win, mm-hmm. if they hold on tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. we're assuming I the had, Bucks will close it out. I had them losing to Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the game tonight, Lakers in Portland? I'm honestly worried about it. Really? I'm not confident in this team. I've been like this day one, and I've had a few Lakers fans and acquaintances hit me up and have been a little... Same mindset? Not up. No, they're upset at me. Not really? I want to say upset, but yeah, they're they're questioning my fandom. Wow, okay. Because they're like, man, you know, it's LeBron. He always comes through. It's AD. They're the best. They'll 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 make it happen. Okay. <laughs> and I'm looking at them and I go, Yeah, but have you ever heard of Dame Tom? <laughs> For real, it's a serious that dude's serious. Seriously, seriously a problem. And I don't know we have said this in prior podcasts. I don't know if uh LeBron has got something happening outside of the, the game. Or whatever, but I have never seen him miss so many easy layups at the rim. Well, I do have to say he kind of got it together uh, the last game. Okay, what was the, do you have the info pulled up? On it? Yeah, he uh, he had thirty eight points. Okay, twelve rebounds and eight assists. So he he's in the bubble now. That's awesome. Whatever was man. going on for sure, I think that's valid. Okay, hundred percent because. If you even look at his point totals, I mean, I know he doesn't put up like 30 every night, but yeah. barely breaking 20 a bunch of games in the bubble, it's like weird. Thing is, is though, he has to have 38. AD has to have a good game too. If one of them are off, they are they are in the realm of potentially losing a game. Well, look, I mean, that's okay, but that's why you got AD. So you have two superstars. If you're not going, of course you're going to lose. That's the, the that's the risk you take, but the you know you still have AD and LeBron. They're 
the chances of them both having an off game is very low. It is. But why has it it's kind of happened consistently here for them? Well, yeah, that's not what you want for sure. Is it But I can't I don't think you can expect the Lakers to win a playoff game with them both playing bad. Or yeah, no, not at all. Unless KCP and Kuzma and Bald Mamba go crazy. Well, right, but I mean, like, your expectations as, like, I guess as a fan, you can't be mad at the Lakers for not winning the game if both of those guys didn't play. Oh, yeah, I would never, yeah, I would would never be mad at that situation. I think I'm just more upset in Danny Green not hitting wide-open threes. That's fair. And J.R. Smith being on the court. Right, of course. You have to have those players oh, deliver in those moments. They are part of it. I agree with that. Like J.R. Smith, that's what we got. And then we got D. Is he getting a lot of minutes, He's though? getting on the court. He doesn't know which team he's playing for, <laughs> probably, but he's out there. I just think put Braun, Green, Kuzma, A.D., and I don't want Dwight out there. So Me either. McGee. McGee, McGee, I guess. They just play AD at center. Just do it. I just don't wreck. Let, let Le, yeah, let LeBron be point guard and run that pick and roll. If it's not there, kick it to to uh, Green, and he's got to hit that shot. I swear, I think he's sabotaging us so the Spurs will. <laughs> don't think he cares. Be cool. So, <laughs> fucking Danny Green, UNC asshole. I'm just messing. No, he he'll get it. I'm sure. You know, some people were saying the depth perception has helped some shooters out, and I've seen that yeah. with some folks. Maybe it's just messed with Danny Green's entire. It could shot. for sure. So I, I I'm confident he'll get it back. I am worried about the game tonight. Lakers. They Lakers are up two one. Lakers will win tonight, and it will be by ten or more. Okay. In overtime. In overtime. Boom. That seems like a lot. I All got right. you. Okay. I'm just, no, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> I, I have no idea. To be honest, probably Dame will come down court with three seconds to go and just rail it right in AD and or LeBron's face and walk off and not say anything. <laughs> and I'll just be sad and depressed for a little bit might start drinking tomorrow morning if that does happen <laughs> we'll be able at to a 2-2 it. series tie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything's over I'm done <laughs> now I if it is close though with a minute left who do you think wins Portland really yeah, I got more confidence with Dame. See, I'm kind of the opposite just because I feel like LeBron will figure out a way to get someone to the line. Yeah, by passing it, he won't ever own the shot. You don't like that he pulls back? <sighs> yeah, I do. But always look, Jordan always that. did the shot. Jordan I, always did a jump shot. I won't but he hit it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, well, I want Jordan to do a jump shot. With LeBron, I want LeBron to, to go to the rim. Jordan's money was the. You know his his jumper, the fadey. LeBron's money is getting to the rack. Just get to it and try to get the foul. Problem is though, I'm sure 
he goes and does that, he probably doesn't get the foul called sometimes because not if it's a last second shot it, yeah, scenario. Exactly. And he's so big, I'm sure he creates enough of the contact while you know, going to the rim. The refs are just it's like well, kind of the way, Cam Newton thing. Like right. did Cam Newton get crushed? Yes, he's huge. So it doesn't look as bad <laughs> as if you're right. hitting Drew Brees. So um well, look, yeah, we know this like for that. sure that LeBron will definitely tell the referee if there's a foul. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's their ball. Did you see that? It's our ball. It's our ball. Wait, it's our ball. He gets up and starts to run. It's our ball. It's our ball. <laughs> he looks like such a little kid. He like just got his toy taken away. But why did no, one, why did no one else on the bench like yell with him? He was the only one paying attention. I don't know. He was the only one aware enough in that game at that moment to realize Probably. it's our ball. That's insane. The coaches didn't say anything. Like, where was Frank Vogel at over there just fucking playing on Tinder and Candy Crush? I think he's on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing a Rod Wave challenge. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, you mean Roddy is. Rich? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For all you people out there, if you don't know, on I guess on TikTok, there's this dumb challenge and it's called the rod wave or whatever but some girl put roddy rich so stupid i had to call her out <laughs> i can't believe i have a tiktok and admitted to people that i have one <laughs> well, i hate it <laughs> oh good stuff so if you were do you want to move on to the yeah let's i think we're okay. done with the movie uh with the nba all right, movie we're going to jump into is, is Project Power. And essentially, this movie is about a pill that has hit the streets. And when you take it, it gives you five minutes of a power. And we find out that some of these powers are derived from Mother Nature animals. Yeah. Um, one is an armadillo. Another one is uh, an octopus, and each one has their specific uh, like superpower that they get for that five minutes. Um, really good movie. I like the concept. Very similar to what you were saying, Sean. Uh, Limitless. Oh, yeah. Take it the, does seem like that. Or even very close to the uh, Scarlett Johansson Lucy movie. Oh, yeah. I she, saw that. Yeah, so very same along those lines. But I wanted to ask you, let's bring this to the NBA. So it's a pill that you take, and it identifies your natural ability for a superpower. Yeah. If, let's say, Luca took this pill, what do you think his uh, what do you think his power would be for the five minutes? It's probably that Wolverine frog thing. Okay, like, the one that could break it. Yeah, break its own bones and like use them as weapons. Yeah, I don't know. He has so many. He is, moves yeah. in his bag, and he's crafty. <laughs> right, he's so crafty with the way he uh gets to the rim and how he uses. I think I was showing you how he uses his off arms and kind of his off leg or his off forearm or hand to create the space. Yeah, and that's definitely like that frog is is using it. <laughs> yeah, for that. I was going to say either that or the invisibility, just because, again, he's crafty, so you can't see him, and he slows down his momentum, and he speeds it up so quick, so it's mm. hard to keep your eye on him. Yeah. 
what would uh what would LeBron's power be? Oh god, I was just going to say a combination of all of them. Whatever the superpower was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually was reading about that one of the guys in the scene takes a a pill um and instead of getting like just one power, I think he just gets all of them. Oh yeah, Liz was reading about that too, yeah. I think. Yeah. So that's probably what LeBron would have been. He just is the pill that encapsulates all of the superpowers. Right. And he'll probably get it for two years instead of five minutes as well. <laughs> yeah. So he's just unnaturally <laughs> gifted. Um anyone anyone come to mind for you? Dame. Oh, he would be the one where his skin gets thick and he, he can't get he'd be killed. Remember Oh the armadillo? Yeah. Uh so J- Joseph Gord Levitt, Jamie Foxx, um, are in this movie. Joseph Gord Levitt's uh superpower is he his skin gets like thick and he can't die it's or like a, it's almost like bulletproof yeah all yeah over. but it, they referenced an armadillo so yeah dame would death 100 percent. so i think he would be the pistol shrimp because <laughs> he just goes off out of nowhere <laughs> true he just like walks up court nonchalantly he's just like boom Oh shit! Just three points bodies. down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. Speaking of leaving bodies, uh, Luca left the Luca could have been the pistol shrimp leaving a body out there for the. He, he kind of did, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, so I I want to talk about Project Power and the actual movie. So getting away from the NBA. Yeah, so a little overview. This is IMDb. So this came out August 14th. When a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes hits the streets of New Orleans, a teenage dealer and a local cop must team with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominique Fishback. Is that who? Okay, who is that last one that you said? Robin. Dominique. Okay. Yeah, she's a rapper. I couldn't remember her name. Yes, I liked her. So okay, so that's your favorite character. Yeah, I guess let's okay. go ahead and get into that because yeah. she was my favorite. She rapped really well. Awesome scenes with that. The movie kind of opens up with that Nipsey Hussle song, but it's just yeah. the instrumental, uh-huh. and then she starts rapping. I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna like this movie. Yeah, Robin's <laughs> pushing the power pill. Yes. Oh man. Um, I think I just liked her the most. I really liked her rapping. Obviously, it reminded me of Blind Spotting. I was gonna say I felt like I was watching uh, Blind Spotting the character's like little sister. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that that that's interesting. Freestyle and and rap um, during the movie. Yeah, I thought that was so cool, and she's also like the only one who doesn't take the pill. Spoiler she, alert. Yep, she does not take the pill because she learns that her power is her rap ability. Yeah, and her you know to touch people through her music. And that was uh, something Jamie Foxx ends up teaching her. So my favorite character I thought was going to end up being Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And it was. <laughs> it was? It was just, he pissed me off at first. He's just so aggressive. Okay. And he reminded me of Paul Walker and Running Scared that every decision just was aggressive. Everything had to be so much, especially when he was going after Machine Gun Kelly, whose name is oh, I forgot Newt in that. this. Yeah. He could have easily just got what he wanted and handled the situation, but instead he just lets uh, Newt 
take a bunch of these crazy ass power pills and turn into a, a flaming torch. <laughs> <laughs> he has to battle this guy. So I, I was getting really pissed, but th- through like the movie, you start to like uh, Jamie Foxx's, I would say, bluntness and directness towards anyone who's he's talking to yeah. in the movie. He comes off as a hard ass, but you find you find out why, and you're okay with it. And then his scene uh, where he explains what his su- superpower is to the one guard who who left him alone. <laughs> yeah, basically says you you know uh, you think the lion is the the best or the the strongest because it's the biggest and most feared. And he tells some story about a pistol shrimp. Yeah. So you looked up what a. What I this, did. Because I, I was like, is this real? <laughs> it's so funny the way he tells the story about how this little small pistol shrimp has these powers. It's like eight times thou. It eight sends times a shockwave of power and it yeah. kills everyone around it except for the pistol <laughs> yeah. shrimp. It's so crazy. I think I still have it pulled up. And spoiler alert uh, Jamie Foxx takes the pill. Um,. And he he does some crazy stuff. I don't know what he's doing, but it's a part of the pistol shrimp um, capabilities. Okay, so an actual pistol shrimp, yeah, can apparently re- uh, release a sound wave at two hundred and ten decibels. Holy shit! So to compare, uh, the sound of a gunshot is one hundred and fifty decibels. If you're like right there. So, <laughs> I guess it just obliterates everything. Yeah. So, this is a real thing. Yeah. Well, he was saying, the way he was explaining it, it's basically it, uh, dis- it evaporates water. Okay. Well, it, I guess that it, would make sense. Either way, he scared the guard by telling him that story. Yeah, he's like, let me just get yeah, you out of these handcuffs real quick. Let me go ahead and help you out. Uh, let's get you out of here. So, you're seeing... That... Oh, sorry. I'll, I'm sorry. I was going to ask if that was your favorite scene. Mm. My favorite scene would have to be, yeah, I mean, I liked, I liked that scene. My favorite scene was when she kind of fake rapped to the teacher. Oh, my God. I was going to say that. I was hoping that I was got real. mad, but it was not real. <laughs> yeah. I go, damn it. <laughs> okay. So you're talking about when the teacher calls her out. Yeah, and her friend goes, attention. she's a rapper, and he says, why don't you rap for us? Which mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this is kind of lame. But then it, it, it won me over because mm-hmm. her rap was really good. Mm-hmm. And then you could it showed the point of view of the, the student filming it. Yeah, I was like, okay, I could totally see this happening this. because I've seen this on the internet before. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, that was dope. And then like. Cut no. back reality. She doesn't. No, nope. She's not rapping. She's got to go to detention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's fucking clammed shit. up. Shit. <laughs> It was that was that was my favorite uh, scene, for sure. Um, and then Jamie Fox uh, showing his superpowers off was pretty pretty cool. At the so end. let's talk about Jamie Fox for a second. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your favorite kind of role that he's played? Because hmm. I have, I I think I've gotten to a point where I'll kind of watch anything he's in now. Yeah. I don't. Man, I don't have anything that comes to mind that's like my favorite role. I always like it when he plays kind of like a tough ass, badass cop. Like in Baby Driver, he was kind of an ass. He was the asshole. He was scary in Baby Driver. Yeah, I like that. It's funny. Yeah, he. So he Liz, Liz watched 
uh, we saw Baby Driver in the theater, and she was downright terrified of Jamie Foxx. <laughs> she like has a hard time Jesus. watching D- Baby Driver now because she's like, she couldn't get over what? how menacing he was. Like in Django, he was good too. When he became a bad, like, he was a badass. Yeah, I think Django's probably, I would say that or Collateral for me is oh, uh, some of his best stuff. He played like, any, like a, and of course of an, Ray, he's incredible. Oh, yeah, Ray was good for sure. This part in Project Power reminded me m- more of what he played uh, in the movie he did with T.I., and I can't remember <laughs> I don't the name even know what of it's called. it. But either way, it was kind of like a good cop, bad cop uh, scenario, cheap knockoff. Was it ATL? Because no, T.I. was in that. I don't think it was, but either way, his, his character in, in this was, was what I thought it was going to be like that. Um. I assume there would be more of Joseph Gordon Levitt. What did you think of him in this? Unneeded, <laughs> right? But then I kind of liked him. I did too. My favorite scene with him was when he faked being the man, the woman's husband. That was, she was getting questioned was by funny. Secret Service or whatever. Some so it's a, yeah, the girl Robin's aunt, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So Her Robin, grandma. <laughs> Robin's grandma is getting questioned uh, by some. Uh, bad people, just Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Robin have a good friendship, and he basically plays like a boyfriend living there to get them to get out. Yeah, that was that was pretty clever. It was clever. But, uh, it, was, yeah. it was funny. Yeah, his New Orleans accent was not good. Yeah, I wanted to ask you <laughs> about a that. Big New Orleans fan, but well, okay. First, I'll ask you this: Why was he wearing the Saints jersey the whole time? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Weird. Even know. Is who he just that? a plain clothes officer? I don't know who was the who was this, who was the guy on the back of his jersey. I oh, I didn't even pay attention him. to it. I didn't either. I was like, "Is that Breeze?" No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we've both been to New Orleans. Yeah. Did the movie have enough New Orleans flavor? No. I didn't think so either. I mean, they showed the Saints game. I'm like, okay, that's it. That was that we got the Saints game and this in the Saints uh, like jerseys, and I think they f- f- like threw in a few uh, like Saints jokes about missing the Saints game or something. Yeah, but I'm like, come on, you're in New Orleans. Like they didn't show any of the. I feel like the downtown scenery or just how cool and uh, old, but in a good way, New Orleans looks right. It's historic. It's rich in history. Yes, and they didn't. They did, definitely didn't do that. And there's some stupid scenes in in this movie. When he gives, when Joseph Gordon Levitt gives the bike to Robin, the dirt bike, for the first time, and then there's a three minute scene of her driving him back <laughs> into the city, and then it does does a zoom in on her inside the motorcycle helmet, and she's like listening to rat. It's like this is so unnecessary at this yeah. point. Why was this even put in the movie? I would have much rather just edited it and just cut to the next. Well, scene. and it, to that point, isn't it a little weird that he's hanging around with her, like riding yes. on the back of a motorcycle with her? She's a sixteen-year-old girl. He's a police officer, and he's buying a five hundred-dollar pill from her so he can, he says, level the playing field with the bad guys. But he gives it's her not a, addressed at all, really. And but, then he gives her, uh, and then he gives her a dirt bike from the impound. So he just steals shit from the impound, and he gets to take. <laughs> it's an awful cop. I didn't even think about that. It's an awful cop, and he's hanging out with a sixteen-year-old. I mean, 
his intentions are not awful. They're not, but they're really bad choices. True. He Even is risky. He's, he's risky. Well, he ends up having to give his badge up for his choices. True. What did you think of his police chief? I thought he was going to be a huge role, and then he's in like two scenes and he's gone. Very familiar looking guy, too. Right. They made it the way the movie introduced him. You're like, oh, here's an important guy. We need to pay attention. And then there's nothing to do with him. Joseph Gordon Levitt has one meeting with him, and then we never see him again. In the cafe. And it doesn't really result to anything because his captain still sets him up to (laughs) be murdered. Yeah. So I'm like, well, why did we even have that? Did they cut his scenes out, do you think? Tommy Wazoo. Tommy Wiseau <laughs> directing this movie again, Real American man. movie. I like this movie. We promise we'll quit doing this accent next year. This is the last last ne- podcast. Next year. 2020 is full of surprises, baby. <laughs> All around this movie was entertaining. I agree. It did what it's supposed to for 2020. I think... Someone said the summer of 2020 was a good movie for the summer of 2020. Oh, I think Liz said that. Okay, actually. yeah, your wife said it was a good movie, summer, summer of 2020. I'd agree with her. This is entertaining. Jamie Foxx is the asshole you want, becomes the mentor you need, and the superhero we don't deserve. Yeah, I mean, Jamie Foxx isn't even giving us everything in this, and he's still like, I just am excited every scene he's in. Yeah. I wanted more from from Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Did you? Yeah, I really did. I wanted more from him, but a little bit of a letdown with that guy. On the, and and they made his uh, I don't. It's like made his face funny looking. No, that's in the next movie we were talking about. <laughs> I was sorry. like, wait, and, wait, wait till you uh, see the next. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. No, sorry, we're talking about the next movie. Looper. His face looked funny. In this one, he looked normal. He he looked more like Robin from uh, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, God. Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you want to get into Looper then? I mean, well, well, let's give our rating for Project Power. Do you have a rating for Project Power? I'd probably give it a six. Okay. I was, God, six and a half. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. IMDb gives it a six. Um, And then. It was was watchable and entertaining. Rotten uh, Tomatoes, 60. And then the audience gave it a 51. That um, is surprising, actually. What? Jamie Foxx. Running Scared got an 80. I don't know, man. What do we... Oh, God. Anyway, sorry. We're not trying to shit on Running Scared. <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, well, let's go ahead and get into Looper, then. Uh, speaking of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He killed it in this. So you really liked him in, in Looper. Yeah, I really liked this movie. The second time watching it, I was like, Damn, this is a lot better than the first time. So this is the only the second time you've seen it? Yes. Okay. I, it's probably like the fourth. For you? Yeah, and okay. every time I'm like, okay, it's pretty cool, great premise. Yeah. But do I really want to watch it? And then when I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I forgot how this. good it was. Yeah, I know. I didn't, I didn't remember certain scenes, and we can get into that later, but all around, I enjoyed the storyline. Because you, you're getting two storylines. It's a time travel movie. Um, and I like how they do that. They give you both perspectives of the individual you're you're following. Um, yeah, For I like a certain that. time of the movie. Should I give the listeners a little bit of a, a rundown? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, Looper's 2012 movie. 
Um, in 2074, when the mob wants to get rid of someone, the target is sent into the past where a, a hired gun awaits someone like Joe, who is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who one day learns the mob wants to close the loop by sending back Joe's future self for assassination. This movie will be confusing, sort of, to talk about because it is time travel. I'm just, I was just going to say... Let's forget about the character name on this one and yeah. just talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. and Bruce Willis. That's it. Yeah, so we're just going to talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt is current day character and Bruce Willis is his future self that comes back through this loop. From time 30 travel, years 30, into the future. Yeah, 30 years from the future and is trying to take out a powerful uh, individual who is is a part of the future and is basically destroying it for the wrong reasons. Yes. Because um, I guess humans in 2074 have like a little bit of telekinesis. AKA well, in the, in the 2044, where the yes. present day is, they, they have it. So they I guess it as well. okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character says, he, he says in voiceover like, when it started happening, but I guess ten percent of the population mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have some telekinetic power, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really result to much than levitating quarters. Exactly, and it's basically being a bar trick. I really liked all these weird things that they they were just kind of putting into the story. Yes, I mean the telekinetic part does come to play later, mm-hmm. but like the drugs, the eye drops that they're taking, yes. was like. That was really interesting. Super weird. What, what was that? What would you describe that to be? I was going to ask like a you. Molly acid. I was wondering if it was acid. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. Or like it was an LSD. Be. Yeah, hundred like percent. Same thing. I don't even know. Well, they were dropping it in their eyes, and immediately they were high. It had to be something crazy. Sign me up. <laughs> Actually, no, don't sign me up. I have to get people at work to put my eye drops in for me. When, Are you serious? Dude, I can't do eye drops. I freak out. <laughs> I hate having something so close to my face like that. It's absolutely awful. What would you do if you knew that you had to kill yourself and then you had 30, 30 years to live? So basically, Oh, God. Yeah. I can't. It's hard to think about. So basically, when they want to close your contract as a looper, your hired killer for this mob in the future, they send you... Back yourself, tied up, no like, or you can't see the face, so it's covered up, and you just boom, you shoot. And if you realize it's yourself, then from that day you have thirty years. Yeah, and the way you do is just because the the (sighs) bars will be gold instead of silver. Yes, and it's a big payout. What the hell? From that moment on, you have thirty years to live. What do you do? I think Bruce Willis tried to run, didn't he? If I felt like he was sort of to just get away from it, yeah. I don't know. What do you do? He spent all. Of his I think money half of them quickly. probably just you live recklessly, I guess, because half of doing. them probably don't even live to yeah. thirty years after. Exactly. That's what I think he even mentions that in one of his um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt when he's talking is like if they make it, yeah, past that. So a lot of times I think people just go crazy knowing that their their death date is arriving, which is so freaky to think about. Well, that's why I, I like Ugh. how they show 
there's one part of the movie where they show the timeline that occurred to get to Bruce Willis's character. Yeah, yeah. Which love I that. love it. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. one of the best. And you see as the years go by that that character Joe mm-hmm. is still taking those eye drops for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> until he somehow morphs into Bruce Willis. <laughs> and he's taking it as a needle. Oh, that's form. right. I forgot about that. He goes from the eye drops to needle form. Where he's and then in- he is running out of money. Yep. So he becomes a hitman. Just killing everyone. And right. then he ages to the point where they make him look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt has long hair. And then it's like next scene, boom. It's Bruce Willis balding with some long hair. Right. It's, it's a little weird how that transition happened. I like how they're giving us the timeline. That was just like a really funny... Uh, like I wanted to ask you about that, though. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you I mean? think <clears throat> they did a really good job of making Joseph Gordon-Levitt sort of look like Bruce Willis. Yes, they did. But the he word looked is, weird. Well, the <laughs> he did. Because we know what he looks like. But yeah. I feel like I remember reading when this movie came out that Bruce Willis was like unwilling to do anything <laughs> to look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He literally didn't what? do anything. I mean, it's it's in the movie. Yeah, you can he see looks the same. He looks like my dad. <laughs> so weird every time I watch a movie. They should have had your dad in the middle. That would have been a better transition. <laughs> yeah, working on cars. And he'd be like, I don't like it. <laughs> Did you go to church? Mr. Church. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite character in this movie? I think it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It was? Yeah. But okay. I, okay. Going in and kind of what you said about him in Project Power. Yeah. How you were kind of underwhelmed. Yeah. I was going into Looper again like something about Joseph Gordon-Levitt turns me off in a way. Mm-hmm. I like him as a person. I I'll still watch what he's in. I love the night before. I think yeah. it's hilarious. Oh but God. there's something missing every time I watch his stuff. But when I watched Looper this time, I was like, "Holy shit, he's really doing a good he job." He nailed it. Yeah, I and, agree. And and even in Project Power, I think I liked him a little more than you did, just oh. because. I don't know. I don't know why I liked him <laughs> in in Project Power. I guess yeah. maybe just because I didn't see like him. Sometimes when he freaks out in movies, it 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 seems like acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Project Power, he was more. I can understand that. Kind of chill. Himself. Yeah. Okay. Which I was like, oh, that's a good look on him. Actually, that I like it. Mm-hmm. He he's a he's a chill character in in Looper. Yeah, I he, like how pretty laid back. He is yeah, too. he's strategic. Um, and I didn't pick this up. I, I've watched this movie once, rewatched it for the podcast twice, rewatched it again just to pick up on oh, some really? things and watch with Trish. And when he, fr- you first see him kill uh, someone, he gets his money, and then he goes to the I don't know pawn shop to change the silver in for 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 uh, cash. Okay, he turns in two bars. Next person that comes in turns in four bars. Yeah, saw it the second time and I was like, "Why did you, why did he get paid less? I wonder if you get paid more if you do something." And then it clicked that he was cashing out two of them and saving the other two. Well, yeah, and his boss even calls him on it later. Yeah, but you don't 
they give you a hint to that through that scene. Right. Oh, yeah. And I you're like right. that. I would have never noticed that. Yeah, you're right. Unless I watched it, you know, you it made me question why did why did he only why did he get less or why is he only showing less? Mm. And then you go and you see that he is stacking it away. But okay, I, I see what you how, mean. Yeah, I, I never have that. picked up on that, but yeah, that because uh, I've job. known that because I've seen the movie enough to remember that he's mm-hmm. saving them, but it never occurred to me to actually see it like yeah. occurring in the movie. Just yeah. not even prompted. I th- I would say uh, Joseph Gordon Levis my my favorite character as well in this one. Yeah, I really like Emily Blunt and the and the mm-hmm. little kid as well. Mm-hmm. So was it her kid? Do you believe her story, or do you believe that he's the, the rainmaker? No, she said that I'm her. I'm his real mom. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Okay, so you believe her story? Yes. That okay. She, that's cool. That she's the real mom. Yeah. Same. I just didn't. The way you know the way the kid insists on it is that. Uh, yeah, I just think not. that he doesn't remember her, but he remembers. He's like so smart. I just figured he he's he like remembers well, yeah, that but everything. If she wasn't around, he wouldn't remember. So basically, this kid has like insane powers. Yeah, so that's where the telekinetic part comes yeah. back into play. But he has all abilities to to do a lot of damage, and Bruce Willis's main goal is to take out this kid. God, that was so brutal. He's like, well, there's three kids who it could be. Yeah, I'll just kill them all. Yep. And then I got sick. I'll get my wife back. What? That was I. I was like, damn, this movie's dark. (laughs) I got sick when he killed the first kid. Really? Yeah, it bothered me. Like it bothered him too, though, because as soon as he did it, he would. Yeah, but not enough to. No, because he was his wife cleaned him up, got him away from the life he hated. See, of course he's going to do anything to get it back. Right, but he's being selfish. He's killing a kid literally to get his life back. Yeah. Is he acting like a junkie? I didn't even think about this. I just thought about that right now. He is acting like a junkie. Really good thought. But he's also saving tens and thousands of people by killing this kid. True. But he's having a one in three shot, so he's got to go kill three kids. So two two are innocent. So he does you, only get the one. He only does one, but but still, it's yeah. Are two two kids dying worth no saving ten thousand and oh I don't millions God. in the future. I don't want to be the one. To I make don't the either. Decision. <laughs> Bruce Willis didn't want to make that decision, but he had to. But he was acting like a junkie. I think he was addicted to his wife's like love. Yeah, I was. I was just thinking that he was addicted. He's to just her found care. a different addiction. Yeah. Hmm. I would agree with that. I did. You mentioned um, them like uh, making Bruce and and Joseph Gordon look alike, and because they did, you know, work on Joseph's makeup. I thought he looked a little funny in some scenes, but all around, they did a really good job changing his face and the structure of his face without making it look crazy yeah. animated or like it was a different person. They just really wanted to bring the familiar familiarization between well, Bruce and and Joseph. And there's also good face acting by Joseph mm. Levitt because he is doing mannerisms that Bruce yes. Willis does. Yes, I agree. So, good job, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Sorry, Bruce Willis didn't help you out more. <laughs> Do you have a favorite scene? I have like a couple, really. Uh, okay. I really like when the Joes meet each other. 
Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the diner. Yeah. And it's oh, it's just so cool. There's a there's a line that Joseph Gordon-Levitt says. Where he's like your face looks backwards. Yep. Which I was like, "Oh, that's funny because you've only seen it in the mirror." Mhm. And then when it's staring back at you, it just it doesn't make any sense. Mhm. And there's also another line where Bruce Willis talks about, I guess they're trying to discuss how time travel works. Mm-hmm. And I love that the movie just does this where it's like, he's like, I could get out straws and start describing, but we'd be here for hours. And I was like, good. Yeah. That's fine. Thank you. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They it's complicated. It's probably not going to be right. They didn't blow over it, but they gave us the simple answer where we were okay with it. Yeah, exactly. I did like that interaction. They they were both... Um, testing each other but they already knew what they were because it's the same person right did they have that conversation already no yeah no because we've seen bruce willis's timeline exactly yeah he could have carved a different name on his arm too instead of patrice oh he tells him that (laughs) he's like he's like there's a girl yeah (laughs) instead of doing an eight letter name he carved on his arm to get bruce to come meet him he could have carved a three four letter name on i wanted to know does everyone know that little arrow mark that that was your favorite scene right sorry no yeah no you're good my favorite scene is when um who is it paul dano Yes, he he basically lets his loop the his uh, future character uh, go runs away. He didn't close his loop, and so his punishment was to try. You know, you got to find that guy, future self, kill him so you can close that loop. Well, they were having a hard time finding the future individual, so they right. <laughs> they took Paul Dano's character and. Like started chopping off his fingers and nose, and as his future self was like climbing a fence, his fingers were disappearing. And he looked down at his arm and you know gave an address. God. And so as he's running to this address, he's like losing his his foot comes off. It's gone. Yeah. Everything. He's knocking on the door. I'm here. I'm here. And as soon as he opens it up, he gets shot in the head. And they have taken Paul Dano and put put him under like surgery and have started to carve him apart yeah so they kill him after that right it is yeah he's probably just dead then i mean what's the point after oh, that oh my god that was the best scene when he when he's crawling up that fence the future paul dano is crawling up the fence and uh he's looking at his hands and there goes his pinky then there goes his ring finger and his nose starts is that when his, his nose, nose starts? goes away and he reaches out he's like freaking out as he's running down the alley his foot goes his leg goes so intense i would have been freaking out i would have just like i'm gonna jump in front of a train i mean yeah but he was already getting certain death i mean i guess you're right at that point it's like well then okay yeah. i'll just take it out now right i'd probably try to go i'll get, take the blunderbuster this time yeah let me go get the covid and go get ran over by a train <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I really like the scene when the kid Sid, mm-hmm. he falls down the stairs. Oh, yeah. And that is when, I guess, one of the crew is in that house From interrogating the mom. The mom yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. And he sees Sid, the little kid, on the stairwell, mm-hmm. points his gun at him because he's startled, but immediately clicks back because he's... You know, it's good on the gun. Yeah. 
and the kid gets startled, starts falling down, and you think Emily Blunt's character is going to save the kid from falling, but she actually takes Joseph Gordon-Levitt out of through the, the door, yeah, because she knows what's about to happen, and then holy crap, that is one of the coolest great. things I've ever seen in a movie. How <laughs> s- slow it was, and then the no guy, sound, no yep. slow motion, yep. and then it, this guy, you just see him start to eviscerate. Yep, blood's pouring out and holding in the air. But flirt. then there's a really good shot right after. Where Emily Blunt runs through the house and the camera pans on the outside of the house. So you just hear her reaction as she goes through the house. Yeah. It's intense. I don't remember that scene. I was so freaked out by the guy's blood just being. Well, and she had. It's kind of haunting how she's like, oh my God. And then she's like looking for the kid. (sighs) And that's kind of when it clicks to Joseph Gordon Levitt's character that he is the the rainmaker. Yeah. Oh, man. But then that's when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's faced with the decision, do I protect this kid and give him a different perspective of life, or do I let Bruce Willis come in here and, and kill this? I think he had second thoughts for a, he a, had over a minute until he actually caught up with Sid, and he's like, yeah, I can't do this. Yeah, he talked with the kid and realized how tough of a life he had had. So what do you think of the ending? Do you like that uh, it ended that way? Is not how I thought it would. Even watching the second time, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you he forgot? He did that? Yeah, I forgot. He started telling the story. He was like, at that moment, I saw a mom willing to die for her son, a husband willing to kill for, um, kill for his wife, and a kid growing up with hatred and whatever. And I was like, oh, shit. It, it clicked with me so right there. So there's a couple of things about that. Okay. Uh, that little montage that he talks about. One, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, you find out through different stories he's telling throughout the movie that he kind of grew up the same way that Sid would have. Yeah. And because he even said that he was like hopping on trains and he was his parents sold him. Yeah. Uh, because uh, my man Jeff Daniels is his boss. And Jeff right, Daniels yeah, got him, him out of the street. Yes. Thanks for this job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but also when the uh, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are in the diner together, mm-hmm. when Bruce Willis is explaining who the Rainmaker is, he says offhand, he goes, "Saw his mom got shot or something," and that kind of fucked him up as a kid. And I was oh. like, "Oh, I know that that's about to happen later." So that would be my question to you: Is it a fuck up by the movie? To have Bruce Willis's character shoot his mom, and the Rainmaker happens because of that. Like, does that mean that there was a on Bruce Willis's timeline who shot the kid's mom? Bruce or Willis is from it, a different universe and reality, well, or is it just another Looper who decided yeah. I guess the same thing? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, doesn't I matter. Either. I don't really care. I don't either. But. I didn't expect the end, but I love the video you sent me that Joseph Gordon-Levitt just decides to stay on the farm and raise the Oh, the, the how it should have ended video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just going to stay there and raise the kid. He's like, Give him a good oh, life. I'll just stay. He'll cool. never, never want to be a rainmaker. He'll do good things in life. Yeah, well, uh, do you have uh, anything else? That, oh, I did want to ask you this. Yeah. Since this is a time travel movie. Okay. Do you have any favorite time travel movies other than maybe this one? 
Yes. Uh, Back to the Future, obviously an easy one yeah. to give. They did a good job. Uh, love that. Recently just watched it. Still entertaining. And then Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I was going to say. Really I, I figured funny. you might like that one. So funny. Yeah, I, I like you? Terminator 2. Shit, I didn't even think about that. Classic. And then there's this movie with Ethan Hawke that's really good mm-hmm. uh, called Predestination. Okay. And it is a mind fuck of a movie. <laughs> is it really? Is it yeah, one you but have to watch really a, a video after to get an explanation? No, it does tie okay. everything up, yeah. but uh, it's it's pretty crazy. I'd miss, it's very maybe, good. Maybe maybe if the listeners can give us some uh, time travel movies, we'll give it a give it a shot for them. Yeah, sure, that would be cool. I'd be down for that. Uh, but uh, what did you rate this movie? Mm, a seven. I have a seven point five. Okay, I, I think it was IMDb. about a seven before, but um, I think it went up a, a half a point for me this time. IMDb gave it a seven four, and then Rotten Tomato has it at a ninety three percent for the critics and an eighty two percent for the audience. So all around winner for that one. This yeah. is this is a solid movie. I think I just like how it does describe this future, but it kind of is a small movie. It takes mm-hmm. place on this farm for mo- mm-hmm. most of the movie. I think Kentucky. Which I kind of like. Yeah, I like that. I was just looking at the um, poster. He really did a good job with Joseph Gordon-Levitt looking like Bruce Willis. He does look like a a young Bruce with the forehead lines and and things. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Man. Okay. Well, hey, I think that's that's all we got. Yeah, I think think we're we're done on that. Nice. Well, y'all know what y'all got to do. What do they have to do? Well, if they don't want to save the monies and the energies, you better keep that porch light on. You have to keep it on. I don't want to keep it on. You got to do two things. All right. One, keep Mm -hmm. it on. Mm -hmm. Two, cover your peepers. Bye. Some good, baby, leave the push light.